Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today's the 12th day of February. So good to be here with you. Welcome, everybody. If you're brand new and you just found your way here, we are so glad that you did. We're scooching over into the middle and letting you uh, have an end seat so that you can be more comfortable. I get end seat. I, I like to be able to leave abruptly if, if I need to, but we're going to scooch in and let you all have the end so that you're comfortable. We are so glad that you're here. If you've just found your way here, uh, we've been hoping you would find your way here. And no matter how you got here, so glad that you are making this intentional time to be with God and His Word. For whatever reason, my prayer is that you would know Him more intimately and leave knowing Him more intimately than when you just came here. We are in the book of Exodus, but in fact, we are ending the book of Exodus today. We are reading the final two chapters, chapters 39 and 40, and this week we're reading the contemporary English version. Exodus chapter 39. Beautiful priestly clothes were made of blue, purple, and red wool for Aaron to wear when he performed his duties in the holy place. This was done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The entire priestly vest was made of fine linen woven with blue, purple, and red wool. Thin sheets of gold were hammered out and cut into threads that were skillfully woven into the vest. It had two shoulder straps to support it and a sash that fastened around the waist. Onyx stones were placed in gold settings and each one was engraved with the name of one of Israel's sons. Then these were attached to the shoulder straps of the vest so the Lord would not forget his people. Everything was done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The breast piece was made of the same materials and designs as the priestly vest. It was 22 centimeters square and folded double with four rows of three precious stones, a carnelian, a chrysolite, and an emerald were in the first row, a turquoise, a sapphire, and a diamond were in the second row. A jacinth, an agate, and an amethyst were in the third row, and a beryl, an onyx, and a jasper were in the fourth row. They were mounted in a delicate gold setting, and on each of them was engraved the name of one of the twelve tribes of Israel. Two gold rings were attached to the upper front corners of the breastpiece and fastened with two braided gold chains to gold settings on the shoulder straps. Two other gold rings were attached to the lower inside corners next to the vest, and two more near the bottom of the shoulder straps right above the sash. To keep the breast piece in place, a blue cord was used to tie the two lower rings on the breast piece to those on the vest. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The priestly robe was made of blue wool with an opening in the center for the head. The material around the collar was bound so as to keep it from wearing out. Along the hem of the robe were woven pomegranates of blue, purple, and red wool with a bell of pure gold between each of them. This robe was to be worn by Aaron when he performed his duties. Everything that Aaron and his sons wore was made of fine linen woven with blue, purple, and red wool, including their robes and turbans, their fancy caps and underwear, and even their sashes that were embroidered with needlework. 
The words dedicated to the Lord were engraved on a narrow strip of pure gold, which was fastened to Aaron's turban. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. So the people of Israel finished making everything the Lord had told Moses to make. Then they brought it all to Moses, the sacred tent and its equipment, including the hooks, the framework and crossbars, and its posts and stands, the covering of tanned ramskins and fine leather, the inside curtain, the sacred chest with its carrying poles, and the place of mercy, the table with all that goes on it, including the sacred bread, the lampstand of pure gold, together with its equipment and oil, the gold-covered incense altar, the ordination oil, and the sweet-smelling incense, the curtain for the entrance to the tent, the bronze altar for sacrifices with its bronze grating, its carrying poles, and its equipment, the large bronze bowl with its stand, the curtain with its posts and cords, and its pegs and stands that go around the courtyard, everything needed for the sacred tent, and the finely woven priestly clothes for Aaron and his son. When Moses saw that the people had done everything exactly as the Lord had commanded, he gave them his blessing. The Lord said to Moses, Set up my tent on the first day of the year, and put the chest with the Ten Commandments behind the inside curtain. Bring in the table and set on it those things that are made for it. Also bring in the lampstand and attach the lamps to it. Then place the gold altar of incense in front of the sacred chest and hang a curtain at the entrance of the tent. Set the altar for burning sacrifices in front of the entrance to my tent. Put the large bronze bowl between the tent and the altar and fill the bowl with water. Surround the tent and the altar with the wall of curtains, and hang the curtain that was made for the entrance. Use the sacred olive oil to dedicate to me the tent and everything in it. Do the same thing with the altar for offering sacrifices and its equipment, and with the bowl and its stand. Bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent, and tell them to wash themselves. Dress Aaron in the priestly clothes, then use the sacred olive oil to ordain him and dedicate him to me as my priest. Put the priestly robes on Aaron's sons and ordain them in the same way so that they and their descendants will always be my priests. Moses followed the Lord's instructions and on the first day of the first month of the second year, the sacred tent was set up. The posts, stands, and framework were put in place then the two layers of coverings were hung over them. The stones with the Ten Commandments written on them were stored in the sacred chest. The place of mercy was put on top of it, and the carrying poles were attached. The chest was brought into the tent and set behind the curtain in the most holy place. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The table for the sacred bread was put along the north wall of the holy place, after which the bread was set on the table. The lampstand was put along the south wall, then the lamps were attached to it there in the presence of the Lord. The gold incense altar was set up in front of the curtain, and sweet-smelling incense was burned on it. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. The curtain was hung at the entrance to the sacred tent, then the altar for offering sacrifices was put in front of the tent, and animal sacrifices and gifts of grain were offered there. The large bronze bowl was placed between the altar and the entrance to the tent. It was filled with water, 
Then Moses and Aaron, together with Aaron's sons, washed their hands and feet. In fact, they washed each time before entering the tent or offering sacrifices at the altar. These things were done exactly as the Lord had commanded Moses. Finally, Moses had the curtains hung around the courtyard and at the entrance. Suddenly, the sacred tent was covered by a thick cloud and filled with the glory of the Lord. And so, Moses could not enter the tent. Whenever the cloud moved from the tent, the people would break camp and follow. Then they would set up camp and stay there until it moved again. No matter where the people traveled, the Lord was with them. Each day his cloud was over the tent, and each night a fire could be seen in the cloud. This concludes the book of Exodus, and over the last few days we have been reading the requirements, I guess you could say, uh, but let's not get caught up on the requirements and think of them as just God being so strict with the rules for the sake of being strict with the rules. We're talking about rituals that require something, that mean something, because they are producing a certain outcome. They are producing a certain people, a standard of people, a chosen people. And I guess I think about it in terms of our culture sometimes, our Christian culture, where um, sometimes I hear people lament that they don't know what they need to do to get into the in crowd of leadership and stay with me just for a second if this doesn't make sense to you right now because i think a lot of times within our christian culture we can tend to think that there is an inner circle a place of belonging and a lot of times it looks like you have to dress a certain way you have to talk a certain way there are requirements and if you do not feel like you belong within that circle you can start questioning like what's wrong with me what do i have to do to be seen or to become a leader or to feel important or to feel like i'm doing the work of the lord and it can many times feel like we have to dress a certain way we have to talk a certain way. We have to give things of ourselves, maybe in order to make us feel a sense of worthiness and to have a place to belong to. What's interesting is the people that we are sometimes seeing that look as if they dress a certain way or talk a certain way or there's certain requirements. Those are usually the very few people that are doing 80% of all of the heavy lifting in ministry. And so I think the point that I'm making is we want to look a certain way. We want to have a sense of belonging and a place to, to look important, to be seen and known and to really just feel this important position within this culture. But we want to just be there without giving anything to it 
without doing the heavy lifting, without making ourselves vulnerable or accountable to anyone or anything. We just want to do what it is that we want to do or what we don't want to do and just automatically be this thing. What we're witnessing is God saying, there is something required of you. And we hear the heavy lifting. We hear the work required to set a certain standard, to be those people that we all really want to be. We all want to be God's chosen people and to go to the land of milk and honey that is overflowing and only ever producing. But we usually want it just handed to us. We want to do nothing to have to work toward it. And I'm just going to put it out there that the lesson I have learned over the last years, but especially the last year, is that without humility, God's grace and mercy can quickly become our entitlement. Oof and ouch and yeah, no joke. That is a no joke, painful lesson, but it is a lesson in my life that I will never forget. And I will never once again take advantage of God's grace, God's mercy, God's compassion, and the hard work required to fully comprehend the price of forgiveness. So we end in Leviticus today, and I offer these words as context for understanding that God is not just being this strict, rigid, uh, arrogant being simply for the sake of wanting a, a people to work hard and to set a certain standard just to offer his presence and to meet with them. There is far more depth to it than that. It is far more big picture. And again, to whom much is given, much is required. So we pause there for today as we end out the book of Exodus. And we will start a brand new book in the book of Leviticus tomorrow. Jesus, thank you for your intentionality once again. Thank you for all that you offer us coming to you, bringing ourselves to you, holy, righteous, acceptable in your eyes. There is a great sacrifice needed on our part to understand the depth of life and life more abundantly that you bring. So I pray that as we look into certain places in our lives that seem quite propped up, quite powerful and even enticing that we will first and foremost know and understand that we can come to you exactly as we are, for who we are, and we already belong. We already matter because you love us. And I pray that we chase after you. We would hunger for righteousness and turn from the things that bring temporary satisfaction that bring artificial fulfillment 
and we will know you as living water, kind of water that causes us to never thirst again. I pray that we would always approach you with humility, with a heart of gratitude, and with compassion to those in need. I pray this now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily Audio Bible, that is home base. Guys, check it out if you have not. Take a look around. Lots to do there on the website. And there is a store there on the website with products that have you in mind. What could we create to enhance your journey through the Bible? And we try to strive with a standard of excellence that cancels out the gimmicks. I'm very proud of the team that carefully crafts and curates such beautiful products. So check out the store if you have not on the website. Download the app. It is free. If you would like to partner with us here at the Daily Audio Bible, thank you so much to each and every one of you for your partnership. We could not do this without you. We're eternally grateful we don't have to. If you're giving by mail, DAB, P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. Or you can give by utilizing that mobile app. Hit the Give icon up at the top right-hand corner. And lastly, look for the Give icon on the website. If you need prayer, or if you would like to pray for someone that's previously called in, there's several different ways for you to do so. 800 583-2164 or once again utilizing that app hit the red circle button up at the top right hand corner you have two minutes on the prayer line hit submit turn the wheel over to chronological and it'll get to the right place that's it for me today i'm jill we'll turn the page together tomorrow and start a brand new book together and i just want to remind you that keep going You're on a beautiful journey, and the journey is far less about perfection, but so much more about presence and what we do when we lose our way. So, if you lose your way, simply begin again, and we will be here with open arms, ready to embrace you. I'm Jill. Until tomorrow love one another. This is Graveland, Tennessee, and I'm calling for both uh, In the Vine in Indiana as well as Abba's daughter, Sadie M. Uh, I have struggled with both the food and the uh, sexual addictions in my life, uh, and the, the food addiction has affected my health, and the uh, sexual addiction has affected my freedom with uh, the legal situations. So, um, and so I've been, I've been in recovery for a little over six years, close to seven years. And what I've learned first is that having a, having a safe place to even talk about it is the most important thing. And I grew up in a shame-based, uh, church, uh, and I was afraid to admit that I did anything wrong in that church, which is why I ended up becoming a very bad person for a long time, is because it was easier to be bad than it was to be good. And I was good at being bad. So, but, you know, but even, you know, as an adult, I could admit a lot of things, but to admit that I had a problem with pornography or to say that I had a problem with food 
was just, it was shame-based. And so to, to find a platform where I could talk about that honestly and openly, and, and I'm grateful that, uh, that we are all comfortable enough with this platform to, to be honest about ourselves and to not be judged by anyone else. That is the great first step. And, and, uh, but anyway, I just want you to know that I am praying for you. I'm praying for you. I have a daughter said he am. Uh, and anybody else who struggles with uh, addictions of any kind, I've, I've had all the addictions, and they are, they're hell. So anyway, I'm with you people, uh, my brothers and my sisters, and I love you guys. This is Grateful in Tennessee. Hi, family. This is Forever Grateful from North Carolina, and I'm asking for prayer for, for my mother who has been in hospice care for about a month and a half. I, we don't know the will of God, but we are praying for a miracle. And if God's will is for her to transition, I'm asking you all to please pray that she embrace the peace of God that surpasses understanding. She um, has restless nights and can't. Hello, DABC family. This is Darla from Hungary. And I am just so incredibly happy to hear somebody calling in actually and asking hey guys how are you doing so thank you in the line from indiana that you called in and asked us how we are doing i feel like um you know we don't ask that question enough and we don't listen actively enough uh, when we asked that question. So thank you. And um, I'm asking you, how are you? <laughs> also, thank you for being vulnerable and humble. And the Lord sees you, hears you. And I pray that the bondage uh, from or to um, sexual temptation and all that is broken in the name of Jesus. I heard this once, someone told me, it's not that Jesus did not heal you yet, it's that you need to believe for it. And I love that. He already healed you, brother, and he wants to, you to enjoy a life in freedom and purity. You can do it in him. Just lean into him. Forget the shame, the guilt, and just continue praying for you. And I also wanted to let uh, Dina know that we love you, sister. We continue praying for you. Please call back in. We want to hear from you. And uh, that God loves you. And just go back to um, John 14 and read through that chapter and the Lord's promises and uh, find comfort in that. Family, God bless you. Hi, Daily Audio Bible Chronological Family. This is Faith-Filled Mama, and I am calling with an update on my son Moses. I wanted to thank all of you who've prayed for him. He's doing very well, and in fact, he, um, he expressed that he wanted to be a follower of Jesus. So this is amazing, amazing, and I know it's only because of all of your um, prayers. Uh, he still has reactive attachment disorder, so I, I do uh, appreciate um, prayers. His dad is going to be leaving, uh, doing more traveling uh, for two weeks, and then back a week, and then two weeks again. And so that's really hard on him. So I really appreciate all of your prayers for him. 
Also, I want to ask for prayer for my friend, Angela. I had told you about her last spring. She needed to have a quadruple bypass, and her her um, grafts are failing. And she has been told she needs a heart transplant. So she's only 50, you know, 54 years old. She's got a 13-year-old daughter, and... I just want to ask that you would all lift her up in prayer. We really need a miracle for her. Um, so I would really, really appreciate that. Um, thank you all. Take care. Hi, this is Chastity from Kansas. I wanted to call and say, uh, in the vine, your call honestly kind of brought me to tears at the beginning when you were like asking everybody in the community, how are you doing? I think that's something that we honestly don't necessarily think about often because people will ask and we just blow it off like oh I'm fine we don't really put much thought into it but that question brought me to tears um so I just so appreciate you taking your time to listen to the spirit leading you to say that and I just want you to know that I, I will be praying for you for the uh situation with the uh, guy in the house that got himself kicked out for that family situation, as well as for your addiction. Um, addictions are hard. I watched my husband walk through multiple different addictions, and so um, God can break them. He can. God is bigger. So uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this man that is longing to just be a man of God. He doesn't want to be tied down by these addictions. God, can you please step in. Break these strongholds. Give him a heart to pursue you wholeheartedly and to not give me into these addictions. Lord, please break the chains and make these addictions terrible to him to where he does not want to give in, but he just runs to you when the temptation arises. God, help him to change up his routines, if necessary, to break those habits. Thank you, God, in advance for the strength that you are giving him to, um, overcome these addictions. Thank you that you are stronger and that you love us so much and you are so kind and patient with us, Lord God. We love you so much. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all and I'm praying for all of you. God bless y'all.